This is Kathy. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. I'm playing a YouTube clip. It's a State Farm commercial. Why am I doing that, my darling? Well, because we um, have been watching March Madness. I'm sure many of you have been correct. I am not winning the bracket. Uh, who's winning? Cameron? Cameron. We're doing a family bracket, and I'm I'm doing the non-Zen-like thing, and I basically forced my kids to fill out a bracket. You said, sit down and fill this out. We're doing it. Anyway, we were watching yesterday in this commercial by State Farm using that Chainsmokers song. Um, It's a slowed down version of Don't Let Me Down. Um, It's really powerful commercial. And it's like took a few times of me watching it to realize what was happening. And so those of you who are watching March Madness, you may recognize that song. Um, For those of you who have not seen the commercial, all you have to do is Google State Farm following. So the commercial is called following. And what's powerful about it is it's basically a man who is going through the world, noticing billboards, noticing things that are on the news, noticing things on Facebook, liking them. And then these things that he's noticing that are most of them heavy things like a missing dog or a veteran that needs help, these people start following him. And it's really just this, that feeling that we get when we want to help so many people and it like it's heavy on our head and we don't know what to do. And at the end of the commercial, he realizes he can actually help. Um, it just takes that step to actually do instead of just overwhelm yourself with everything there is to do. Baby steps. And just, you know, the the greatest response when you're feeling heavy and overwhelmed by the world, the greatest thing you can do is take action. Baby steps. Right. Are you being like, what about Bob? Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby um, step to the door. Sometimes we watch uh, movies and we think our children are going to love it. And we watch Wayne's World and it was just a bad movie as it turns out. It's not. My children just didn't like it. I watched it again and it was bad. Really? Having said that. Okay. I don't think We watched What About Bob and our children loved it and I loved it. And it's some movies hold up. Well, and it's funny now because I hear them quote it to each other. Not, Careful. They, they just use Bob's Careful. language. <laughs> Baby steps down the hallway. So actually, I do have another 80s movie that I want to use, not as inspiration, but just some silliness. All right. You told me you couldn't believe in somebody who didn't believe in you. I believed in you. <laughs> Always believed in you. you. just didn't believe in me. You didn't believe he in him. You just didn't believe in him. Blaine. Blaine. Come on. His name is Blaine. Oh, that's a major appliance. That's not a name. It's not a name. That was very buzzy. I know. Some of this uh, footage ain't so great. Because it's kind of old. You know, I've been out with a lot of girls at this school. I don't see what makes you so different. I have some taste. Ooh, that was a zinger. So that character, Steph, who's played by James... James Spader. Spader. He's our favorite in that He's like movie. the best villain ever. Okay, first of all, his name's Steph. Steph. Second of all, he wears linen suits throughout the whole movie. Love it. I got to get me. That's going to be our pretty in pink 
uh, our, do that. our Halloween costume. You be Steph and I will be, um, what's her name? I will be Andy. Andy. Sorry. I'm like losing their Yeah, names. because she's got some crazy outfits. People might know totally. what we're talking about. But you have I to. I would love to play Steph. You have to have a drink. He would. Okay. First of all, he's supposed to be a senior in high school. He drinks like straight whiskey. And he's rolling joints and, <laughs> and everything ro- else. And he smokes in the hallway of his school. Yeah. And he spits in the hallway of his school. Right in front of his teacher, for goodness sakes. Todd and I love Steph. We do a lot of, what's what does he say? Do you have a, the quote for him? I don't. Um, I have a whole montage of Steph stuff, but it's three minutes long, so it might not be the best. You got a problem, friend? You got a problem, friend? You couldn't buy her, though. That's what's killing you, isn't it? Uh, Steph. Listen. That's it, Steph. She thinks you're Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And deep down, you know she's right. Oh, stop. That's right. So Wait, what about Benny? (laughs) Benny is... Benny's uh, Steph's girlfriend. Yes. She's not very nice. She's not nice. She's probably like uh, inspired mean girls. She is. And she bullied Andy. Yeah, she's kind of like the over the top, like 80s character who's like a bully. Last one. We don't have none of this stuff in the boys. Wait a minute. We don't got none of this. We don't got doors on the stalls in the boys. We don't have... What is this? We don't have a candy machine in the boys room. Candy machine in the in the candy girls' machine. bathroom. Ducky, Ducky Dale. Right. So uh, that's just a quick um, montage of pretty and well because we actually watched that with our girls too, and they were like, "These are your movies." That's right. But they kind of liked it. John Hughes has that one song that I happen to like playing in the background oh, throughout half the can't movie. Can't stand if you leave. If you leave, Ugh. I don't know the, the next line the in the words. song. So this is Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 366. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, when to tell your kids to buck up and when to love them to death. When to console them. And when to console them. And uh, I also had a few, one of our kids came into our bedroom last night and had maybe a little bit of anxiety about news Oh my events. gosh, I wrote that down too. Did you write that yeah, down? Yeah, yeah. So let's start with that, just okay. for kicks. Okay. Uh, one of our kids came in and she just looked heavy. She felt heavy. You know, that's just the energetic We vibe. could just tell there's something going on in her mind. And we're like, what's going on? And she said, uh, did they pass the Trump budget? <laughs> My gosh, where does this come from? I mean, honestly, like we don't have the news on. Never. So I said, "Why? Where are you getting this information from?" And she's like, "Well, I have an app on my phone. It's like a news app, app, and it just shows up. You know, it's push notifications." So basically, you guys probably know this. When you open your phone, it'll be like weather. It's like these little panels of things, and your phone comes with the news app on it. Now, I took mine off immediately. I don't know about you, Todd. Do you have yours? I have it on there, but I don't have. It doesn't do push notifications. So she gets them, and we have. Talk about things that you learn as you go along. You know, it's like. I didn't even take that into consideration on her phone, you know? Right. Why would a kid even be... But she is getting this information. And let me back up and say that this girl feels a lot of things. And let me also say that she she appreciates humor, too, because she's 
um, she's a fan of Saturday Night Live, yes. and she will watch the political sketches. Ka- the political sketches that she loves Kate McKinnon. She loves Kate McKinnon as Hillary. So she has like this like real basic knowledge. Like Todd said, we don't talk about the news no. much in the house. You know, basic things, but we don't have the news on. Um, it, Todd and I don't walk around worrying about things in front of the kids. So it was just interesting. It was weird that she came up with it, and I had to remind her because I'm sure she'd heard one of us say it in the past. Is that the news is not the news. It's the 10 worst stories of the day. Correct. That bears repeating. The news is not the news. It's the 10 worst stories of the day. And that's something I've shared on this podcast multiple times, but I needed to share it with her last night. And I, the, the other invitation I had for her was one to maybe adjust the modifications, the push notifications Mm -hmm. on your phone, Mm -hmm. because uh, she's just kind of, uh, I, I called her little man Tate. Remember that movie with Jodie Foster and little man Tate is a super special, intelligent kid. And he worries about, you know, global warming. Because he'll like be walking down the street and there, and again, this was from the nineties and there'd be a newspaper and he would look at the cover of the newspaper and he'd get ulcers. Right. And, you know, even though that movie might be extreme, because like Todd said, he was super intelligent, highly, there are, our kids are having those experiences with the world, especially right now, not necessarily where they're getting ulcers, but they're curious, they're wondering. And, and the truth is the budget is a real thing. Mm Because she was able to come to us and say, did he pass this? Todd and I were able to explain to her, that's not really the budget. Well, we had to kind of give a quick constitutional lesson to her is that the Congress actually presents the budget. The president does it, but... The Congress is the one who does it. The president it, so. sets the budget to let everybody know what his desires are. of it should yeah. be. Like, this is what my focus is going to be. Here's the budget I recommend. But that's not a budget. Like, we – and telling her that, she seemed relieved. Yeah. But just the fact that how many other things are out there that she's hearing – That she's scared of. That worry her. Yeah. And um, so what was the thing you told her to put on her phone? I told her to – well, I actually just emailed her something this morning, which she'll get if she ever checks her email. Kids don't check emails these days. But you need to balance out you know, the news with other types of news. Like there is um, all these different – um, websites, Facebook pages that just talk about inspirationally positive type of things. Um, and now I, the names of them. I are, thought it wasn't Upworthy. Uplift. It was Uplift. And I think it's an app called Uplift. And there's a million of them. If you just Google positive um, podcast, positive news. Um, so let me say this for everybody who's like, but that's not real news. Hmm. Here's the thing. There are all sorts of news stories going on during the day. And I'm putting news stories in quotes, meaning there are things happening every day all the time. Our regular media, the media that we get, the newspapers, the TV, what they cling to are, as Todd said, the worst stories of the day or the most highly controversial, the most violent, the most sexual, because that's what people get attuned to. While those things may be happening, there are things happening everywhere that are also that are good there's a million random acts of kindness that happen every single day on every corner of this planet that does not get reported on the news so we have to train our brain not only to look at them and to recognize them as truth but to make sure that we realize that is the truth about the world and the other things are the um the challenges that we face it's not that they're not true but there is one direction that i look and i say this is the truth about people yeah these are the challenges we 
face because these people or these experiences or whatever ha- is happening over here are people whose self-worth is so diminished or their heart has been so harmed or the pain they felt is so great that they are now imposing pain on other people yeah. or they were never given the opportunity to share of themselves and so it's caused problems. So again, I don't have the reason for every challenge that everybody faces. It's just, I don't think that's the truth, truth. And here is the quote that I love. Optimists and pessimists, right? Yeah. Both of them see reality. Yeah. But optimists believe that they can do something to create change. Mm. That's the key. It's not that optimists are Pollyanna-ish and pessimists see the truth. Pessimists look at the world and say, there's nothing I can do. Right. I can't do anything to make a change. I live in despair. Everybody sucks. What would it what difference would it make anyway? Cynicism. And as you if you guys know, Todd and I are not huge fans of cynicism. No. Optimism means I see the same thing you do, pessimist. I see the world as it is. I see it. But I believe that I can do something to make a change or to create more kindness or more beauty. So that's what we need to help our kids find, not to pretend things aren't happening, but to recognize that they play a role. And that is why I wanted Todd to play that commercial Mm. at the beginning of this show, because the commercial is about that. You know, again, it's State Farm following. It's about a man who sees all these things that are not going well. And he feels mentally and emotionally overwhelmed by it. And finally, he says, I'm going to do something. Right. Even if it's a small act. Well, we've talked, we've done whole shows on uh, which wolf will you feed, that Native American parable or whatever it is. And, you know, what what you focus on grows. If you focus on the negative, your negativity will probably increase. If you focus on the positive, you'll see the world through a different lens. And... Kathy and I subscribe to that lens. Correct. Right? Because, and with that lens, you understand that everything you're seeing is true, mm-hmm. but you are going to focus your attention on what you can do to make this world a better place and your faith in people. You know, that's where I try and focus. Well, and before we get into the guts of the show, because uh, we are going to talk a little bit about balance. Yes. And I think this is one of those things. Like, it doesn't mean that we don't become aware, kind of what sure. we've been talking about the last five minutes. It's not like we ignore the other stuff, but you need to balance out. If, if you're just focusing on that one side, which is the negativity, or you're just focusing on Pollyanna stuff, but, but you don't know what's going on in the world, neither of those two extremes are, are good. Correct. It's about bringing balance to the force. Exactly. And it's that's the paradox of life, is sometimes the way that we find joy and we find our connection to what's real is by experiencing or seeing something negative. And so saying the way that I'm going to bring meaning to my life is doing something about that negative thing I'm seeing. We'll go into a negative spiral if we look at negative things and say, that's everywhere, that's all there is, there's nothing I can do. That's called despair and depression. And as many writers have been saying as of late, despair is not an option right now. No. It's just not an option. We need to, our choices, it doesn't mean that we all need to do the same thing. Even if it's that we get up every day and we put on our clothes and we go to work or we take care of our kids and we keep going Mm -hmm. and we um, look for the beauty and we, you know, Todd, um, yesterday, I really appreciate it. We we got an order from Peapod 
We've just been doing that lately. Yeah. A couple times. Give it a try. Giving it a try. And Todd. Plus it's free shipping for the first 60 days. And Thrifty McSaves a lot is a big fan of free shipping. <laughs> yeah. So basically Peapod is like a grocery delivery service and we're trying out. And um, yesterday Todd on his Peapod order put flowers for me. Oh, yeah. So I was like, that's just so nice. Like it's just a simple thing. And it. so now we have flowers in the kitchen. Like that, you know, as Cheryl Strayed would say, put yourself in the way of beauty. Like, if you were going to walk down a street, put yourself in the way of beauty. You know what's so funny about the flower gesture that I did? Uh-oh. I was kind of glad that I did it, but talk about a lazy man's way of trying to do something kind and romantic. Like, all I did was <laughs> click a button and the flower, like, it's not like there was really very little energy that was necessary for me to do that. I mean, the thought was there. And I'm like, oh, because I'm like, oh, wow, Peapod has flowers. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Click. Well, here's a few things about it just to make you feel a little better about okay. it. Number one, I have a favorite flower. Uh, it's called an ostromerium. I think yep. I, I say it wrong often the times when people say, no, it's called this. Regardless, you know what I'm talking about. It's just this really pretty flower, and they last a long time. Yes, that's what I love. That's the key. And so Todd knows that, and um, he ordered them. And when I got them out of the Peapod bag, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's my flowers. And Skylar said to me, Dad ordered those for you. Mm -hmm. So I don't care that you didn't go to the store and put – you were like, I'm going to get those right. for you. And now they're in the kitchen and now they're for everybody. I haven't even noticed. Where are, are they in the kitchen? Um, honey, they're on the counter. I God. cut them and... I, I saw you cutting them, but I did not... I've been in the kitchen 42 times today and I have no idea where those well, flowers are. And they are. were a little wilty, mm -hmm. I have to say, when they came. Yeah. They were, I was like, uh-oh. You'll bring them back to life with I the did. water. Do they have the food stuff? Unfortunately, no food stuff, but they're the water, they're a little more um, happy today. Um, One other... Actually, we have a lot of little things that I want to go over. Um, One thing is I watched 60 Minutes a part of it. Uh -huh. And my sister texted me and said, do you know that they have a Muppet on Sesame Street that has autism? Yeah, I saw that. Which I did not know. Uh, so I listened to the 60 minute segment of it. So I'm going to play a quick preview, about 45 seconds of okay. the 60 minutes report by Leslie Stahl. And it's meant as a vehicle that if you are connected in whatever way to the story or just, I thought it was really kind of awesome. So here is Leslie Stahl, 60 minutes, uh, Sesame Street, uh, Julia is the name of the Muppet that has autism. They see that these, these can be their friends, too. Hi, Miss Leslie. You look very shiny and beautiful today. Well, yeah. so do you. During a break in the filming, Julia and her friends did for us what they're hoping to do for millions with this episode. And hi, Julia. Help the audience understand when a child with autism doesn't react the way one might expect. Big Bird, when you first met Julia, mm -hmm. she didn't answer you either. Yeah, that's right. And I, I thought that maybe she didn't like me. Yeah, but you and know, we had to explain to Big Bird that Julia likes Big Bird. It's just that Julia has autism. So sometimes it takes her a little longer to do things. You're explaining her because you've come to understand her so well. Understanding people, we live with a grouch. <laughs> what do you want? Oscar. Sesame Street. Oscar. I love, I used to not like Oscar as a little kid, but now I dig him. 
Love him. So nothing more than just wanted to share that clip. I mean, I just thought it was awesome. Let me say something. Um, First of all, I am a huge fan of Sesame Street. I always have been. I'm a huge huge fan of PBS. I'm just going to put that out there too. Um, And Hope it sticks around. Yeah, me too. Um, And the thing I'll say about Sesame Street is obviously when something like this happens, everybody has an opinion. And there were some people saying – you can't have a Muppet character with autism because autism looks different for every kid. So how are you going to define this? You know, how how is one kid going to carry the the weight of every different kind of autism right. on the spectrum, right? But here's the way I look at it, you guys. It's a step. What Sesame Street is trying to do is trying to make this um, – and again, for, for those of us who have worked with children or who know children or adults who are autistic, it is normal for us. But for some people, it's not. And so what Sesame Street is doing is normalizing something, bringing something to our attention so we have a better understanding. There is no way that every character is going to be able to embody the essence of every single child who has autism. But we can look at it as a step um, toward greater awareness and connection for all of us, you know. Um, Oscar can't be the grouch that everybody is because there's a lot of grouches out there too. Yeah, and I tend to become a little more... I, I hadn't read any of the you know comments on the yeah. fact, but it's to your point, it's just a move in the right direction. Right. Is, uh, did they get it perfectly? I don't know, maybe not. Is there any such thing as perfection when, you, when you're talking about anything? Probably not. So it's just one of those things like, w- are you going to look at the good in this or are you going to look at right. the bad in this? I don't know. I just, let's look at, this is awesome, right? I agree. And I think that for, you know, like what they were just talking about there with Julia is understanding the social norms. Because I think sometimes when you're working with a children who is autistic, who has autism, and again, um, not every child is the same, but there are different social, they don't always read social cues very well. And their social norms are, can be a little different where it's really not about them. Mm-hmm. It's about our comfort level with it. Well, what's interesting is later on in the 60 Minutes, they played a part where uh, Julia is sensitive to loud noises. Correct. And there's yes. something that happened with really loud noises on it. And Julia had a pretty strong reaction. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. And there was a mom they were interviewing whose kid has autism. And she's like, if if the children would know about this through TV first yes. and it normalizes it just a little bit that when it happens for the first time at school, they won't have the reaction that they would have had it been their first time. Correct. They'll say, oh, she's sensitive. I know right. what that is. And that's exactly what something like this is trying to do is just trying to bring some awareness into the mainstream because so we don't, um, you know, like I remember, do uh, you guys know who Kristen Neff is? She's the person who uh, did all the research on um, self um not self-care, self-compassion. And her research was used by Brene Brown to do her research. And it just so happens that Kristen Neff has a son who who has autism. And she was on an airplane with him. And he had, and you know, many of you may have had this experience where he got really overstimulated by something, got frustrated by something, and he had one of those kind of, you know, we call them tantrums or felt overstimulated, the his sensitivity level, and he was screaming and right. screaming, and he had his hands over his ears, and and she she knew that everyone was looking at her saying, "Control your kid," <laughs> and she knew that they didn't understand that it wasn't her not controlling him or him being out of control, it was part of what he deals with on an everyday basis. So imagine if that became more normalized where people on a plane would go, okay, we understand what's happening Well, I remember uh, Rain Man, one best picture, right? 
Yes. And Dustin Hoffman, he was autistic, right? Yeah. Isn't that interesting how long ago that was? Yeah. That was kind of the first time a, that got brought into our mainstream. There's a part where the smoke detector goes off right. and he mm-hmm. has a pretty strong reaction. Then he starts hitting himself and all that. Right. Like, that was my probably first, I don't know, awareness. Introduction. Yeah, introduction mm-hmm. to what that is. And mm-hmm. now I know about it because we have friends who have some children, some who, are, children yeah, who have some special needs. Mm-hmm. So um, anyways, but yeah, awareness. Right. And that's all it is. We're just trying to, I mean, really all these things, let's just understand each other better. Yep. The thing is, is about being curious and understanding each other rather than like labeling everybody and saying you're that or you're this. Let's just understand how everybody functions differently and how everybody is affected by the world. And if we understand it, then there's no fear in it. Yep. The more that we are willing to ask questions and notice or you know support something like this that Sesame Street is doing, the more the fear gets sucked out of it. Yep. So. Um, and then last kind of side comment, I was lucky enough to be in front of a bunch of fourth graders this weekend, uh, teaching them emotional literacy and emotional intelligence. And I loved it. And we talked a lot about, you know, healthy masculinity in, in boyhood terms and all that. And I just thought it was really awesome and funny and mm-hmm. surprising and hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I had 12 kids and it's not easy to manage 12 fourth graders. And it gives me just such a immense appreciation for teachers who teach 25 to 30 kids in a classroom every single day. Like Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine it, but, um, you know, there's a pretty involved curriculum, which was really good. Probably didn't have enough time to cover it all, but, um, there, you know, when I was talking to my buddies who were also teaching some of the younger kids, they're like, you know, if we can get these kids to go away with one idea, then we will have done our job. Mm And then we started talking about, you know, sibling rivalry. And one of the couple of kids said, well, you know, I hit my sister if I get really mad. And we talk about creating space in between stimulus and reaction and, you know, taking breaths and breath work and all that. And I said, just so you guys know, um, you probably have people in your life that have already said this to you, but I just know that um, as a grown man, I don't think it's ever okay to hit a girl. And I thought, and you know, some of them really kind of took it in, but it's funny how these kids come up with these scenarios. Like one of them said, well, what if it was uh, a girl terrorist with a gun to your head? Then, mm-hmm. then do you hit them? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, like all of a sudden I'm stuck trying to figure out how to explain defending yourself. And another kid said, well, what if there was a self-destruct button of the world that unless you hit a girl, the world would explode and end. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, these boys are pretty creative when it Mm -hmm. comes to figuring out scenarios. So I thought it was, you know, obviously um, hitting girls is a very serious matter, but where these kids' brains go just to try to figure out their perspective is... Well, it's interesting because what happens in around fourth, fifth, sixth grade is um, they start to go from concrete thinking to abstract thinking. Yeah. So instead of just taking an answer and just saying, okay, you know, black and white, that's it, they start to think think abstractly. So they see things, they like open it up and say, but what about this? And what about that? And, you know, Todd was telling me this story the day after and he handled it beautifully. Um, But when people are coming at you, it could be adults too, Mm -hmm. with those kind of questions. I was like, you can always come back with a question to them because really what he's trying to do is corner you and say, actually, there is a time when you can hit. And really what you say is, you know, it seems like you have a lot of questions about this. Have you been in a situation where you've been unsure? Or, you know, you kind of turn it around. And also to recognize how little information they actually have. Like this morning, so Todd was with the fourth graders and 
give a shout out to HGNA. Yeah, who did that. Yeah, HGNA. Um, they uh, were they sponsored a conference. They do something. They've done something for twelve years for uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade girls. And now they're doing it with boys. And I was lucky enough to be one of the teachers of the boys this weekend. Facilitators, yeah. Awesome. HGNA stands for Helping Girls Navigate Adolescence. So now that they're working with boys, they're going to have to change their name. They're changing logos, they're changing names, they're changing everything. But I love that they did that. So this morning, I was with fifth grade girls. My whole like teaching sex ed around Chicagoland has started. It always starts in spring. And I think today is the first day of spring, right, Daddy? Uh, I always thought it was March 21st. So that oh, is yeah, today. Oh, yeah, that's today, yeah. isn't it? Um, because that's... Happy spring. Happy spring, everybody. So I was teaching, um, you know, fifth grade girls talking about, we were talking about sex ed and just basically, you know, it's fifth grade. So it's like the mechanics, the basics. And, you know, you realize, like I'm talking to the girls and I'm talking to them sometimes from such an adult perspective that finally one of the girls said, so once you get your period, you have your period every day mm. then. And now you guys may go, oh, you know, whatever. But imagine if she would have left today thinking that once she gets her period every day of her life. Yeah, for the rest of her life, she's going to have her period. And eventually she would learn, I know. But there's the that worry factor. And I'm always so, you know, like for Todd's point about the kids kind of coming after him with all these questions – it's great when kids ask questions because we sometimes think they have this baseline knowledge that they do not have. And so for her to be able to ask that question, and I mean, just the amount of questions that there were 55 girls and once one person raises their hand, watch out. Right. Like it, the, the doors have come off and everybody's just going. And yeah. And once you get those first few Oh my gosh. But then the floodgates the open. The floodgate and it's always that first girl who's yeah. brave enough to ask the question, you know. But that's it's good. And as and again, I don't want to get off on a tangent of sex ed necessarily. I'll kind of I'm trying to tie this into what Todd said about teaching the boys. But when kids come to you with questions, even if it feels a little like they're going after you or they're you know, they're trying to make you feel defensive, there's something behind that question. Yeah. There's, you know, look for the question behind the question. Yeah. Even if it's that you say to them, wow, it sounds like this is really on your mind. Let's talk about where that... So I just want to kind of, for parents who feel like kids are trying to always manipulate them right. or you know put them on the defense, they're really trying to gather information. Mm-hmm. Like he's that kid was trying to gather information. And they're me. not gathering it in the way that you might want them Correct. to be, but Correct. they're gathering nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So anyways, but I talked taught these kids some box breathing or some breathing exercises and you know some of the evaluations were funny like what was the best part of the uh of the session and you know half of them said pizza because they <laughs> had pizza and but one kid said he like he learned box breathing so yeah. i taught one kid how to maybe do some breathing and that is beautiful yeah. that's beautiful so anyways um so before we get into the guts uh, i want to talk about both of our partners avid Cumping avid company jeremy kraft is our good friend he does painting and remodeling throughout the chicagoland area he's a bald-headed beauty and his website is avidco.net so if you live in the chicagoland area check it out avidco.net um get a hold of jeremy and he's a bald-headed beauty and he's a good guy and the other part is a tree of life chiropractic care if you are into chiropractic work like uh, kathy and i are we go twice a month and uh she has clients all over the chicagoland area she's located here in Elmhurst, and that's chirotree.com. 
Thank you, Dr. Kelly. I'm getting a massage on Wednesday. Yeah, at the Tree of Life Chiropractic Church. So they even have massages. Yeah. I should get one of those. Well, that's the thing. I haven't been, I haven't gotten a massage. There's another woman that I go to also in town, and I haven't gotten a massage in either from either place in ages. Yeah. Like it's, it's time. It is. It's a and it's a healthcare thing. A lot of people are like, oh, it's just a, you know, it's a luxury. A luxury item. It is it has many health benefits. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about this. You start it. So Todd and I wanted to talk about the – I actually, before I came down, I was looking for the article that I glanced over and I couldn't find it. But the title of the article, if I remember, was something like, um, when you tell, when do you tell your kid to buck up and when do you console your kid? Yeah. Because a lot of times we get confused about do I – I first have to say that I think about my friend Nancy – bird when buck I up. think about buck up because she's one of she's one of my best friends and in college when I would want to like go home and go to bed and be done she'd be like buck up so stay when out. you say go home it's when you guys are out there getting crazy partying like the party animals you were <laughs> you wanted to go home yes and instead of getting love and support from Nancy she said buck up which means keep your butt out she would pat me on the back and say buck up <laughs> because she could she was like one of those you know she's one of those people who can She's always in a good mode. You Na- know, she's always in a good place. I love Nancy. Nancy, um, so that was good. I had a friend named Jason, and when I said, you know, I'm getting really tired, we've been out for 16 hours, <laughs> and he said, all you need is a Dr. Pepper and some cheese fries. <laughs> oh, my God, I would totally that crash was, after that. That was his version of buck up. Well, hers was just buck up and stay out and stop. She would be so kind and cool. and You know, she'd be like, it, she wouldn't be threatening. She would just be like, nope. You're going to buck up. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, when do you buck up and when do you console? And the reason this this was something that Todd and I were discussing is um, uh, one of our daughters didn't feel good last week. She had like a really bad earache. Oh, baby. I know. And, you know, when she first told us she didn't feel good, we were very like, okay, you know, stay home from school. Um, and sometimes when your kids don't feel good, they kind of go in and out of feeling good where you may watch them and they seem fine. And then all of a sudden they're napping and they have a fever. And then all of a sudden they get up and they play. And then they, and so a lot of times as adults, we look at them and if they're doing something like playing, we're like, oh, wait, you're not really sick when really they are. Yeah, that's what threw me off about the ear infection yeah. is like she would be, you know, like when you have the flu and you're just sick, you're like sick the whole time. Right, like you have a fever. Whereas this earache, she'd be fine for a little bit and then she would like whine and cry. And um, I I can admit that I probably didn't have the most amount of empathy because I was confused. I'm like, are you sick or not? Like, well, what are you, what's your deal? And that's the interesting part. That's why I wanted to tell the story is on Monday, we were like, cool with it. We mm-hmm. were like, you know, stay home, relax. And she slept, but then she was, you know, watching TV and she seemed okay. She ate and we were kind of like, okay, this is fine. Well, it turns out Tuesday, there was the next morning, there's a lot more going on. I find out that my dad was, you know, going to go to the hospital and I was a little more focused on that. And, you know, I had to work, I had to teach that morning. And so when she woke up and she was kind of fine, and then all of a sudden she started crying about her ear again, I was like, buck up. Yeah. I mean, I you literally- You didn't say those words, I but didn't. you were basically communicating that. Basically, I said to her, honey, I know that your ear's not 100%. Like in no way, parents, just so, because we've you know, got your ear right now, don't tell your kids that you think they're lying or yeah. manipulating you because it most of the time, if some- Something probably hurts. It may not be life altering. It may not be a 103 degree fever, but at least acknowledge that something hurts for them. Okay. They don't feel 100%. Because if you don't do that, they're going to make your life worse, anyways. That's the point is that if you say no, you're lying, then they're going to demonstrate to you why they're going to dig their heels in. 
So I said to her, I know your ear hurts. I know you aren't 100%. And we're going to make sure you have Tylenol or ibuprofen today to get through the day. But I have got to go be with grandpa. I've got to go teach the, you know, and she was, it was kind of a, it was a buck up moment. Yeah. Um, and, and let me take ownership for something. I know I take full responsibility for the fact that I may have handled that moment differently if my life didn't have a few elements of crisis. So why I'm saying that is because a lot of times we'll say it's all about them. In that moment on Tuesday morning, that was about my needs. I sent my daughter to school because of my needs right? Exactly. and full responsibility. Now, she was up and around. It wasn't like, like Todd said, there's no fever. Well, the other thing that threw us off is we did, you know, because she got her tonsils out in January, we're like, let's just get her to the family doctor. Oh, yes, yes, So yes, we yes, took yes. her to the family doctor and he said to me, because I'm the one that took her in, she doesn't have an ear infection. She's got a little fluid behind the ear, but, but she's I'm fine. sure she's fine. Correct. So that didn't help us either because we thought she was just being a wimp. Right. Like she didn't have strep. She doesn't have tonsils anymore. He said there was no ear infection. This was on Monday. So on Tuesday morning, Todd and I were like, dude, go to school. You know, and again, no... No shame. No shame. Just like this is what's this, going to happen. We communicated it very firmly without feeling, and and she responded. She did. She was like, okay. So turns out she made it until like one o'clock, yeah. right? And then the nurse called and said she came down here. Her ear hurts, and by then we were like, okay, obviously that's not something she normally does. Yeah. So come home and and. Without giving you guys every detail of the week, that's kind of how the week went. Yeah, like where she'd be like, okay, and then she wouldn't be okay. And Todd and I were pulling our hair out because we're like, we did, we knew she wasn't faking, but we were also like, dude, you're fine, but then you're not, and then mm-hmm. you're fine. And so this whole question about buck up or consoling, we really had to practice that in real time. Yeah. And what we really found out through, you know, our experience and and talking about it later was you do both. That it isn't one or the other. And sometimes these articles will say... This is the way to parent. Yeah. We are coddling our kids too much and we just got to tell them to buck up and quit you know, coddling them and you know, push them into the world. I don't believe that. I also believe that... But I also simultaneously at the same time, paradoxically, whatever you want to say, that there are times that we encourage our kids to step out yeah. and say, you may not feel perfect. Um, but in this situation, you know, again, as long as there's no vomiting and no fever and there's no obvious flu and no strep, all those things are checked off the list. It's like we actually have to go do this. Well, and this is where intuition comes into it play. Does. And intuition is not a perfect thing for any of us. But you just kind of, if she was, you know, barfing, no, we're not going to send her right. to school. But we felt that there was, she was in that gray area, that middle space where she could probably. Plus, she's our youngest, and whether it's true or not, or right or wrong, sometimes the youngest gets a little bit more consoling than the other kids in the family. Right. Well, you just become a little more low-key with the third, where maybe with the first, you're a little more like hands-on about it. And with the third, you're kind of like, I think you can do this. And I want to start by saying, when she didn't feel well on Monday, we were like, just stay home. Yeah. Like, when my girls don't feel good, sometimes I just know it's a mental health day. Yeah. And that's okay with me. Like, if you need to It's okay with both of us. It's okay with both of us. Like... I, both of my older daughters in middle school have had times when things have, you know, piled up, piled up, piled up. They've had a ton of homework, maybe performances, and they'll just have a day where they're like, I just think I have a headache. And I'm like, go to bed. Yeah. Like, I know they're not full on sick, but And it's they funny, need it. early on in our parenting, when JC was like a kindergartner or whatever, I, you know, I 
hopefully you're okay with this, but you had a little bit of baggage about missing school. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, for sure. I, and but I, you worked through that. I don't know what you did to work through it. Well, but. I realized it was mine. So what Todd's referring to is when our oldest daughter was really young, when she would miss school, and I'm talking even preschool, I would have this like anxiety attack about it. Right. What I was able to recognize and piece together was that had a lot to do with my history. Both of my parents were educators. My mom was a teacher. My dad was an administrator. And so they had to work, you know, all day and I would come home, you know, latchkey kid kind of thing. And they really couldn't stay home with me. And that was anxiety provoking for them. And it was, you know, my mom would have to get a sub if I was home. I carried that feeling of staying home as a burden. And they would never, they didn't say that to me. It's just what I picked up on. And I also knew, I also have that anxiety of if you miss school, it's going to be a problem for the teacher. You may not catch up. Now I'm like, not that way at all. You're much more low key about that. Right. But that was my initial, and that's my point about even with you know, um, our youngest on Tuesday when I was like, you need to go to school. I am in full awareness that that was my need. Yet it wasn't, I had, because of these other issues going on, this was something that we did have to do. Once she, you know, the nurse said, she's still not great. We're like, okay, then come home. We're not angry at her because she came home. And we told her as such, we're like, you did a good job. You gave it a go. It didn't work out. Well, and this is where parental intuition comes into play because, okay, we had the intuition to send her even though she wasn't 100%. And then we had the intuition to bring her home when the nurse called and all that. But you need to keep on modifying, like you just keep adjusting and adjusting and adjusting. You know, every problem has a different set of variables or every challenge, if you don't want to use the word problem, every challenge has a different set of variables. And we kind of, you know, you're listening to this podcast because you probably want to be more self-aware and be a slightly better parent than you were yesterday. And and I honor that and I love that. And that's what we're, what Kathy and I are trying to do every, every day. And at the same time, there's no end destination where you finally get it. You just keep adjusting as you go. And you don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to be the buck up parent and that's what my kids are going to do. You're going to do both. We all week challenged her a bit and also consoled her the whole time. Like there was never a time that we questioned her pain. There was never a time that we, I mean, maybe between you and I, but not to her. Oh yeah. I will say say to (laughs) Kathy, like, She's she's full of it. Like she's totally milking it because she did that with her tonsils a little bit, I think. Um, But I will not say that to her. That's when your partner is so important. And we use humor. You you can laugh at the situation. I mean, it's so funny. Like I'll bet you that there's times when I was getting in trouble as a little kid and, you know, my mom would be like strict or say something. And then behind closed doors, they were probably laughing about it at, you know, at night. Probably. It was my mom, my dad. So maybe they weren't. (laughs) But, um, you know, we're we're laughing about things all the time. And it's not that big of a deal. Because here's the thing. In the moment, it feels so big. And your brain will go to things like, what if it still hurts on Friday? Or what if this is something we're missing? Or what if this is a bigger deal? Or what if she's trying to get away with something? What if she's manipulating it? That's these stories that you're creating in your head. And the best thing that Todd and I do for each other is let's just stay here and do this day. Let's not think about tomorrow. Let's not be like, what if this happens on Friday? Let's just do this day. Mm-hmm. And as you guys know, the story ends eventually and they feel better. Well, and, and I'll call myself out or at least expose myself a little bit. Like if they're, if let's say, well, let's take Skylar off. Let's say one of my other two kids, you know, wakes up in the morning. She's like, I don't really feel that good. You know, my parenting style is like, you don't feel good. It's not the end of the world. You miss a day of school. They can get all their homework online now. It's just... You can get all your lessons. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's not that big of a deal to me. Now, on Tuesday, if they pull the same thing, like, eh, just not, I will, 
I'll be different. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, okay, so tell me exactly what's going on. Correct. Like, what are your symptoms? Can you make it? Can you know, like, and then if they pull that on Tuesday and then on Wednesday, I'll be even different. Well, and you're even saying, and I'm just, you know how I focus on words. You're saying pull that yeah. as if they're like pulling, pulling something over on you. Or like, yeah. If but, they present that way, mm-hmm. then we may get a little more involved. To Todd's point, that's the thing, you guys. It's like the, when we talk about emotional bank accounts, it's the exact same thing. If your kid's been going to school for six months and hasn't missed a day and they say, I have a headache, then you're like, stay home. Yeah. At least we are. Yeah. We're like, again, I know that um, some Other people, people listening- have different- uh, Well, it's not even the value system. It's where they live. Yeah. If you live in Chicago mm-hmm. and you're trying to get your kid needs to get into a certain high school and attendance is taken into account and that's going to be used against them, yeah. then you've got a whole nother set of circumstances. We don't have that. We don't play by those rules because we go to a high school where they get it's in a public regardless. School, right? right. And same with people. You know, Todd and I learned from um, there was a woman who wrote us a letter a couple months ago about it was something similar, right? About staying home from school and uh, something about a tent. Oh, I know what it was. She was saying, what do I tell my kids about the fact that I lie to the school about where we're going? Right. And Todd and I were kind of like, why would you even bother lying? Yeah. And then the emails we got back and the information we got back is they were like, you don't understand. Our district yeah. is so strict. And so we don't... We don't pretend to know. This is We're talking about right. our situation. And right. your situation may be very different. So it's probably important that we mention that. It, it's, it's definitely important because you people may say, well, I don't have the luxury to be so like... Or maybe you know, they're working and it's really hard to get off a day of work. For and, sure. And, you know, like that's, you know, we I'm lucky enough when I'm not traveling, I'm at home and you work from home. Right. So it's a different set of circumstances. It is. We, we have more flexibility than some. But so, but going back to that, what if we can stay, it's the exact same universal principles that we always say to you guys. If we can stay present with where our kid is and have some empathy and ask questions and have some understanding. And also like Todd said, have some, you know, you got to, your instincts kick in a little bit where, you know, a lot of times there's things going on for that kid. It it crossed my mind, even though it didn't end up being this way. I thought maybe something emotional is going on for her where she's worried about being at school. I thought maybe it was that math test she was stressing about. Correct. And we asked her questions about that. Like sometimes physical... um, Manifests. If you are having an emotional experience, it manifests physically. So a lot of kids will get stomach aches or headaches because of something that's going on socially or emotionally at school. So those are questions to ask too. I think you just have to kind of go with it. And then if it if it doesn't um, get better, like if a week or two goes by, of course, get help, see a doctor. Um, you know, it's not that you just come write it the whole time, but most of the time it resolves itself. Like now it's even funny to think about last week because she's so well now, like mm-hmm. obviously her ear has healed, that I'm like, okay, she was sick last week. Yeah. Whereas before we were questioning. We were questioning like Sometimes in the moment, in Hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty. It isn't always it? is. Well, and even for us, like sometimes when I have a headache or I'm sick or I have a cold, I'm hard on myself. Mm. I'm like, oh, I'm not really that sick, or should I really take a nap, or I should have more energy. And then a week will go by, and I'll look back at that time and be like, dude, you were sick. Yeah. But we don't allow ourselves surrender. Yeah, that's what surrender is, and. You know, as I say to to myself and so many other mamas I work with, this too shall pass. But when we're in it, it's very hard to see out of it. And I guess the bottom line is to kind of wrap up what we're saying is that you do a little bit, you do a lot of consoling and occasionally you help them buck up. And sometimes you push, sometimes you pull, sometimes you allow, sometimes you support, sometimes you force. Like I forced them to do brackets. (laughs) 
We already talked about that, right? <laughs> you did. NCAA brackets. I said, sorry. Another thing, I haven't shared this on the show, but it is so important to me that all three of my daughters can play catch with me really well. It's important to you. To me. I'm owning it. Okay. This good. is my parental baggage. Right. I want all three of my daughters to be able to catch and throw a baseball as well as they can. And as long as you take ownership of it and you yep. say, I say Listen, this is for me. This is my stuff. Yes. This is my stuff. This is for me. Now, I don't think I have a lot of examples like that, but mm-hmm. I'm just trying to normalize. Like, There's certain things where it's like my own, I want my daughters to be able to play catch. I want them to know how to play chess. And they all know. And they all know They're how to play chess. Me. Well, and sweet, it's not saying a whole lot. I know I'm not good at chess. I don't really like chess. And that's the thing is, it's all about how you do it too. Because if it, you know, Todd says things like, "I want to play catch because I want to play catch." He doesn't do the "You should know how to play right. because if you do, then blah blah blah." Because then that's putting it on them no. and making them feel like it's theirs. I say, I say, listen, guys, this is my thing. This is you know, I don't ask a ton of you. I don't. I don't ask a lot from you as far as this type of stuff goes. Just do me one favor. Do dad a solid. Do dad a solid. Play catch with me. Play catch with me and play some chess with me. And I'm golden. And they actually enjoy the chess. I not and I know a few of them enjoy, enjoy the catch. Well, my question is, how can you not enjoy either one of those two activities? I don't like chess. Well, I don't like the fact that you don't like chess, and chess doesn't like you. Chess by doesn't the way. like me. Well, it's my brain. I just feel like the way my brain operates is different. Sweetie, I, you want the knight and the rook to get along. I really do. <laughs> I just want. I like that the queen is the so queen powerful. is powerful. I like her. I like her. It is a great kind of equality game. It's a matriarchy, man. Um, and I the like king that. can only move one space in any direction. Like what a Sorry. what a what a loaf that king is. <laughs> Right? The woman, she's holding it the together. Woman. She's holding that board together. I love it. Um, so this is true, but I don't, my brain doesn't operate that way. And it's got nothing to do with intelligence. It's about that I don't enjoy that kind of mental work. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like math and it, yeah. it takes, it, it's, some of you may know exactly what I mean, but it takes so much energy for me to think about what your move is going to be. And I, it's a, it's a puzzle to solve. You love the puzzle. Love like it. for it, this is just and one it's more competitive. example. Like when I like if some if my computer breaks or my phone doesn't work, I like lose my mind. It's like probably the only thing where my girls will say you lose your mind. Like really where I like will cry and you know and Todd I think finds some not pleasure, but you want to know what it the problem is. It makes me feel useful. Yeah. If you put a puzzle in front of me and I can solve it, Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. But the fact that it's there and I have something to try to figure out, I love it. And so I'm so thankful for him because I start to lose it and I feel like the world's going to end because my computer crashed. And he's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to call. Do you know how many customer service people this guy calls? Like, that's my nightmare to call customer service. And he's like, hey, help me out. Yeah. So all is good. And the bottom line is buck up and console simultaneously. That's right. All right. Um, so I want to promote my coaching business guys. If you're out there and you want to evolve in a relationship that you might be having or finances or career or health or parenting or any and all of the above, um, I'll help you. I'll help you get there and even quicker. I'll, let's see, what do I say? I'm looking at my own tagline. He's like having to read his own tagline. I'll help you establish goals uh, (laughs) through support and accountability. 
Support and accountability. That's a yin and a yang, sweetie. Sweetie, you got to memorize your own tagline. I'm just showing my most authentic self, and I don't quite have it all down yet. Well, so one other thing that I... ToddAdamsCoaching.com. He's good. You go to go to Todd. He's a good dude. That's right. He's a good coach. Guys only. Guys only. Um, oh, I guess on that note, if you are local and you want uh, to have an individual session with me, um, I work with women and I also work with therapists and coaches who want support in their practice. So just go to zenparentingradio.com um, and click on contact or just go to Kathy at zenparentingradio.com. So wait a second. Don't go away. I'm not going anywhere. What, what were you going to say? I'm going to do an iTunes review. Can I share something really quick? Okay. So one thing I wanted to mention is that I, my big plan this weekend was to take the girls to see Beauty and the Beast. There's usually not a movie that everybody really wants to go to. And I was really excited because I wanted to see it and I knew the girls wanted to see it. Well, talk about, you know, letting go and, you know letting your kids do their thing. I was like, girls, we're going to go to this movie. Isn't it great? Skylar's like, yeah, I'm in. Cameron, let it go. Yes, 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 Elsa. Was that song in the movie? It was not, but should have been. I had to let it go because Cameron's like, you know what? I'm actually going with these two friends oh, on yeah. Friday. And I was like, okay. And then I thought JC was going to go. And then she said, actually, I'm seeing it later today with two friends. I was like, okay. And kind of laughed. And Skylar and I went. It was fine. I wanted to see it. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. They are at an age where having that experience with their friends is huge. And I really believe in, as Rob said at our conference, say yes more than you say no. Yep. Because if I were to say no to that, that would have been about all about my needs. What Rob said was say yes as, as often as you can to make your no's more meaningful. Exactly. And I really was like, sure, go with your friends. Not, all right. I was like, sure. go with your friends. Go. Go have a good time. I'll bet you JC had a felt worried that you'd be sad. I did not re- react in any sad way. I understand that. Yes. I just... The way that that girl is constructed, I wonder if she had any maybe. reservations. And maybe, but I was like, "Go, oh, yeah, great, I'll drop you off." Like I, may, I was you a part of it. You didn't even let no. her put that on her radar. Not at Good all. Good for you because it was really okay with me. Because guess what? I still got to see the movie with Skyler. With Skyler, we had a great time. So um, anyway the movie it was i thought it was good it was beautiful great music you know for those of you who like beauty and the beast anyway you know the the um animated one so one quote that i came home saying that i wanted to share with you guys was there's a scene where um you guys know the story so i'm not going to ruin anything where you know emma watson who is bell is with the beast and they're starting to get along really well and they're starting to become friends and they're starting to care about each other and he says to her um you know, don't you like it here? Aren't you happy here with me? And she turns to him and she says, can you ever be happy if you're not free? And I don't know, it just really struck me in the heart because the reason she says that to him is because if you guys remember, he forces her to live there um, in place of her father. And she realizes that I may care about you and we may be getting along great, but I don't have freedom. And can I really be happy without freedom? And I thought, what a powerful statement, not just for the movie and for their relationship, but in every relationship, with your partner, with your children, with your friends. Can you ever really be happy in a relationship if you don't feel free? Isn't that like the greatest thing that I can offer Todd is to be like, go be you. Go do your thing. Go do the things that interest you. Now, in a partnership, I also have to say, you also have to show up in the partnership. 
like it's again, remember, it's kind of like the buck up and um, you know console. Right. There's a little bit of both. It's not one or the other. But the greatest gift I can, the way that I can love him best, is by saying. Go, go be you. Well, we were talking about, you know, whether it be on TV or whatever, couples that are like trying to catch the other one of infidelity and all right, that. Do you remember right, right. that? I do. I do. And I'm just like, that's such a weird thing to like, I don't know. And I don't know if I'll do it justice, but it's just a, like, if you're worried that your spouse might be making some bad decisions, you don't try to catch them and by checking a phone or whatever, you ask, you know, you talk about it. Right. And I know that that's a whole nother show that we can talk about, but it always seemed weird of one, because there's no trust. Well, and that's, there's so much that happens before that moment though. You know what I mean? Like when someone's trying to catch somebody and something is that there's already a lack of communication and there's probably already this feeling that both people feel stifled and not free. Yeah. Because if you, if for some reason you don't feel free or the other person may be letting you be free, but you don't feel free because you have your own baggage. It's, It's not a blame game. It's just... The way that we love best and that we feel love the most is when we feel free. Mm. Like for our children, the way that they know, the, the way that they feel safe in the world is if they know they can be themselves and we allow them to be that. You are free to be you. Now, you still may need to be home at curfew. Mm. I'm not saying you're free to go off and do whatever you want. I'm saying be you and here is some boundaries for living under this roof. Yeah. It's both and. It's both. It's simultaneous. But that's the way people feel love. Well, and those boundaries, I mean, that's really the essence of, you know, like, well, what do you mean boundaries? Like we have our perception of what a healthy boundary is. Another parent might have a different perception of what a healthy boundary is. And then a third one has the opposite extreme of what a healthy boundary is. And that's what you got to figure out. But you got to figure out why it's a boundary. That's what I was going to say is that the big part of a boundary is is it set for safety and because it's in the best interest of their development? Or is it set because you have an ego yep. interest? Is it set because your parents did that to you and you've never even thought about, is that what I want to pass on? There's so much work involved in this kind of decision making. And it's worth it, you guys. It's worthy work. It's not work like, you know, it's not awful work. It's deep inner work. And if you do that, a lot of the problems you worry about never even come to be. If you do the work up front, if you understand why you're setting the boundary and then you're confident about setting it, it's very rarely questioned because your confidence is there. And they know this is, and if you're saying yes, the majority of the time, and you say no about this thing, they're like, okay. So I just wanted to mention that for those of you who saw Beauty and the Beast, you may remember that moment. And I hope you enjoyed that movie. I did. I'll see it someday. Right after I watched Princess and the Frog. You'll fall asleep. Todd falls asleep. Yeah, I fall, fell asleep yesterday and I was enjoying my sleepiness. And then I had a kid whispering in my ear, can you drive me to Starbucks? <laughs> well, I'm wide awake. Yeah. <laughs> like in the other chair. But. Anywho. That was frustrating. I was so enjoying my nap. You were, you just, you like sit down and fall asleep. I don't get it. I don't have that Well, ability. I had my winter hat on, so I was able to bring the winter hat over my eyes, which helped out a little uh, bit. Uh-huh. And While was, the TV was on and everyone was moving around you. You didn't understand. I was tired, dude. You didn't understand. <laughs> um, so iTunes review. We love these. It helps us get uh, exposure and people, more people see us, I guess. I don't know. I don't understand iTunes reviews, but we do love them. And this is from uh, Boardman 2010. It's my weekly giggle cry. And she or he is from Canada. I'll keep it short and sweet. Absolutely love you too. My husband and I 
It's a woman. I, my husband and I get so much. Actually, it could be a guy, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it. My husband and I get so much out of your podcast. Thank you so much for all you do. ZPR rocks. Thank you. To our Canadian friends. Our Canuckleheads. I love Canada. What does that mean, Canuckleheads? They're Canucks. What does that mean? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm... Canuck is a slang term for a Canadian, like the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, okay. Not slang, but I don't know. Is it is it positive? Because I like Canada. I don't know. Canadian people, let us know. Todd at zenparentingradio.com. Let me know if Canucks is... Uh, I know Canucklehead probably isn't. No, which yeah, that's why it. I'm like, let's not do that because let's, let's She be loves us or he loves us. Whoever Boardman 2010 loves us, so... If I call him a Canucklehead, they'll be fine with it. Okay, well, believe me. Todd means it with love, and thank you for the iTunes review. That's right. And um, we got some books that Kathy sells on our website, zenparentingradio.com. Oh, and share our Facebook page. And also, I'm doing two talks um, at the Elmhurst, <clears throat> excuse me, the Elmhurst Public Library in April. One's April 5th, and then the next one is two weeks later. The first one is about communication and connecting to your kid. And then the second one is about bringing peace into your home. Um, it, it was brought to my attention that there was an error on our website. Um, so if you go to zenparentingradio.com and you click on events, you can get to those talks now and register. Um, but uh, before there was an error. So I apologize for that. And to the guys out there for my coaching, uh, first session's free. So go to toddadamscoaching.com and book yourself a free session. So uh, anything else, my darling? That's it. All right. Well, you crazy cats, keep trucking and we love you and we'll talk to you next week. And buck up. And buck up. Dr. Pepper and cheese fries. That's all you need. That's it. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us again next time. If you are a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. Or you can also just tell a friend about our show. Todd and I do speaking engagements about Zen parenting and self-awareness, so if you have an interested group or organization, contact us at kathy at zenparentingradio.com. That's Kathy with a C. Hey, next year's Zen Parenting Conference is March 2nd and 3rd, 2018. If you want to know more about this or any of our upcoming events, go to zenparentingradio.com and click events. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or on Amazon. If you're a guy, I have two resources for you. I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys. On the phone, Skype, or in person, we set goals together and come up with a plan to meet those goals, whether it's a relationship, parenting, career, time management, work-life balance, all that good stuff. Go to toddadamscoaching.com, and uh, I also have uh, the first session is free, so it's really no risk. Or if you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out thetribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It won't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. I want to give a special thanks to both of our partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support and keep on trucking.